0: being here. The Innings Festival is back. Two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, and so much more returns to Tempe Beach Park, February 25th and 26th. Tickets are on sale, but if you want to get full details and a chance to win tickets, head over to the contest page at KTAR.com. All right, let's dive into this. I think this, to me, was hilarious. Um, Jason Momoa, the superstar, um, took out a full-page ad in the USA Today, a uh, um, uh, saying that there is climate hypocrisy, saying it is more science fiction than it is real. Um, in an exclusive statement, Richard Berman, the executive director of CORE, which is the, the that uh, the organization, said, "Momoa has displayed hypocrisy by campaigning against plastic water bottles to promote his own aluminum canned water company, despite aluminum production causing more environmental damage than plastic." Well, I will tell you that there is utter hypocrisy in all of these industries. It is it is so interesting to listen. All right. Here- I'll give you a couple of examples. Here's one. Staggering disconnect. Climate summit boasts opulent beef seafood menu despite spearheading an anti-meat initiative. So not only are they flying to these climate summits on private jets. They're not jet pooling. They're not flying commercial. They're flying private. So – and we all know the billionaires in this world, the ones – many of them who go to these climate summits and many of them who tell you and I how to reduce our, our climate footprint are the people that have the biggest climate footprint on the planet. Opulent, huge homes, multiple homes in multiple com- countries where we are seeing that they are creating a big carbon footprint. Flying all over the globe on a private jet where they are creating a bigger climate footprint, it is just utter hypocrisy. And now here we are at a climate summit where part of the climate summit is an anti-meat initiative and lunch and dinner is steak and seafood. And this is why people like myself don't take you seriously. I love my country. I love my state. I love my planet. I want clean water. I want clean air. I hope the drought ends soon. I hate seeing the fact that Buffalo, New York is going to be under four feet of snow and they're moving the football game. I don't like seeing any of that. I don't like natural disasters. I'm in the same boat you are with all of that. What I am not going to do is alter my lifestyle. Nor am I going to listen to legislators that want to write new laws about things when you've got all of these rich people telling me how to live. And I don't care if they're rich or poor. There's poor people telling me how to live, too, when they're doing nothing about their own carbon footprint. They are doing nothing to change. If we are in this dramatic and drastic of a position in our world, why aren't you people angry at the people leading the charge that are doing the exact opposite thing that they're telling me to do? There is huge hypocrisy in this movement. When when Al Gore made the movie The Inconvenient Truth, there was – I can't remember what country it is. It was so long ago. It was either a premiere of the movie or he was getting an award or whatever. So his team of people were riding in those blacked-out SUVs. So they rode in the blacked-out SUVs from their hotel to one block away from the location where this was happening, whether it was the premiere of his movie or award he was getting. His whole entourage in multiple SUVs, they parked a block away and walked one block. So it looked like they walked from the hotel to where they were going. It's that kind of hypocrisy. Al Gore, who talks about your carbon footprint and my carbon footprint. Have you ever seen the Google Earth picture of his home and the tens of thousands of square? feed he has just in one of his residences. This is the hypocrisy I'm talking about. Live it the way you do. Now, if you're somebody that believes in higher taxes, I always say there's a line on your income tax form where you can give more money to the federal government. So before you start saying that the government's entitled to take more of my money, stop using an accountant, stop taking advantage of all of the deductions in the tax code and pay your fair share. Lead by example. Instead of Hollywood movie stars getting starting an LLC or a business to funnel their millions of dollars through so that it saves them money on taxes, just pay it. Tell them you made $20 million for the movie. Pay your taxes on $20 million. And if you're someone that believes that climate change is man-made and destroying the planet at a rapid rate, I may disagree with you, but I would sure respect the heck out of you if you lived your life like that was true. But when you don't, when you are a bigger part of the problem than I have ever been or ever will be. Again, I do my heart I mean, I do my part that's reasonable, like everybody else does. I didn't plant winter grass. Is that gonna make a huge difference? No, but if we all did it, it would kind of help with the water, wouldn't it? When you plant winter grass, you gotta keep it wet for two weeks or whatever it is. So you're watering your lawn four or five times a day to keep it wet so that the grass grows. I didn't do it this year. I love a green lawn. It's one of the things I like the most when I got rid of my desert landscape and I put in a green lawn. But I'm not going to do it. I don't want to. I don't want to use up that water. I will have the brown grass throughout the winter. It's just you know, how it is. I'm not begrudging anybody else who did it, but I'm saying we all want a better planet. We all want a better place to live. We want clean air and clean water for our kids and our grandkids. But this kind of hypocrisy is nonsense. Why would you listen to a word these people say? Why listen to a word? World leaders and officials attending the United Nations COP27 climate conference can spend up to $100 per entree to eat red meat, seafood, and other gourmet menu items. However, the U.N. has previously discouraged red meat consumption due to the carbon emissions from beef farming crates. Why aren't you – why don't you have vegan why, – why isn't everything vegan there? This is absolutely absurd. And the people that should be the angriest at this are the people that believe that climate change is man-made and is destroying the planet at a rapid rate. These are the people that you are pointing to as the leaders on this issue that are telling the world what they should do to make a cleaner, healthier, safer planet. And they are breaking their own rules. Why aren't you angry at them? Why isn't Greta Thunberg screaming at the UN for what they did here? It is absolutely mind boggling that we're doing this. Uh, California's climate plan calls for no new gas-burning power plants. So you see how all of this works. We're going to attack the fossil fuel industry. We're going to go after all of these people because it's an anti-industrialist attitude. They believe people are the problem, not the solution. You and I aren't the solution. We're the problem. Too many people, 8 billion people on the planet now. We've got too many people on the planet. We're the problem. I have no doubt in my mind that the planet warms and the planet cools. We can see it. I mean, I'm not I'm not a scientist, but you can see it every time they do a dig where there have been freezes and where there have been droughts and where there have been in this world. And if you believe it's man-made, you're entitled to your belief. But what you're not entitled to is tell me how to live when you're not living that way yourself. When John Kerry gets off the private jets and starts riding his bicycle around Washington, D.C., then we can start having a conversation. But that's not how they travel. That's not how they live. They tell the world how to live and they sit in their high places and they live in the complete opposite. And anybody out there that is believes that man-made climate change is the ruination of the planet, these are the people you should be angriest at. Not me for saying it. I don't believe them anyway. But if you're following what they say and you believe it's the right thing to do and you watch them break their own rules, you should be furious at them. They're embarrassing you, not me. Coming up in a moment, we are going to talk about the economy. Great conversation this morning with Kristen Bentz from KB Advisory Group about why Walmart profits are so up, but Target profits are so down. It seems like a mixed message to me. We'll get clarification coming up in just a moment. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 92.3 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. A mixed message on the economy, but it's not just about what's happening. We read the stories. We brought profits up, profits down. If you're an investor and you're invested in these companies, of course it matters to you. But what do these things matter to the average consumer is usually where I jump to with a lot of this. So I want you to hear a couple of things. Anytime I have questions about what's going on with the economy, especially in the retail world, uh, Kristen Benz is a great resource. Or she owns a company called KB Advisory Group. She is a, a world-renowned financial analyst, retail analyst, I should say, and she's been advising Wall Street for decades on how to invest based on what's happening in the world. She is a predictor, and she is right so many more times than she is not and has been so on when – and I've been friends with Kristen for years, but um, she had been so on in COVID and what companies were not going to survive with the shutdowns. And I mean almost to the company she was explaining what was going to happen – so I had a question about why Walmart, because I, I put Walmart and Target together in in their customer base. And we see that Walmart's profits are extremely high, and the losses, a $400 million loss in profits for Target, which should scare a lot of people. And I was curious about it. So I asked Kristen this morning about it, and this is what she said about the Walmart business model.
1: Typically, in a recessionary environment, Walmart will always thrive because their main business model is what we call everyday low pricing, right? They use that all the time. Save money, live better is their motto. So when things get tight or tough as they have been, a lot of consumers will flock to Walmart to stretch their buck, right? Especially those that are on SNAP benefits, food stamps, etc., because they're getting more for their money. And so, you know, like I always say, government money is green, right? So Walmart was a keen retailer in attracting this type of consumer.
0: But you would think that Target would be the same way, that if you were going to the bargain shopper that where people and their belts have to be tightened, that they would shop at Walmart and Target. So I I talked to about the target aspect of this
1: everyone loves target it's everyone's favorite store until something bad happens (laughs) and what you can tell now is this is my clue that you know my call on the recessionary environment that we're in is pervasive and has you know presented itself when you look at what happened to target yesterday their earnings were absolutely horrific
0: so it is, in her mind, a sign of what things are and that this is along the lines of what she expected to see. We talked about the retailers. What we now would talk about were people's shop. And I was, I was one of those people, and I would imagine a lot of you are the same way. Years ago, I, I, when Amazon was huge, I still wasn't an online shopper. I went to the store all the time. I didn't buy things online. I thought it was cumbersome, and I didn't want to have it stuff ordered and, and sent to my house. I got an Amazon Prime account. So that I could watch the movies and and I could do that. So with that, you get free delivery on stuff. So I started shopping a little bit online. I have a steady stream of things showing up at my home now. And I'm one of those people that have been converted to an online shopper. And I I still go to the grocery store. I still shop out in person. But I do get a lot of things online. It's so much more convenient. Some of the times, most of the time, it's same-day delivery. It's that simple. Well, Amazon also is now, not only are they taking Snap, but Amazon has got a Layaway program where you can just like the old days at Kmart, how I grew up, you had layaway. And this is interesting.
1: The other thing that you and I talked about earlier that I saw a few weeks ago is that Amazon was focusing on a staff consumer for holiday Mm -hmm. and using layaway. But for Amazon to focus on those two sectors for holiday tells you that they're betting on kind of a busted consumer. That does not bode well for the consumer and for the U.S. economy as a whole.
0: So that is what we talk about when we, and I, what I I talk about when I mean when I say predictors. It's things when people like, like Kristen Benz are looking at what the companies that have built to the you know to the level of a Walmart, a Target, and Amazon. So they are looking at what they believe is going to be happening six months down the road, a year down the road, and they're saying we want to prepare for this. So when Amazon says, you know what, I, we're going to do, we're a, we're going to start taking Snap. Same with Walmart, we're going to food assistance programs. We are going to focus on those consumers and we are also going to do layaway. So not only do we provide the convenience of delivering it to your home, not only do we provide good pricing because we buy in such enormous bulk, we can beat prices in a lot of retailers, now we're going to allow you to do layaway and those are the consumers they're focusing on. It's not the high-end consumer as much, but they are reaching out to the people in these different programs and that to her is the idea that we are headed downhill So, so to speak, to a certain extent, because look who we're focusing on. So I asked her, are we in a recession? Are we in a recession? And if not, are we going to be?
1: I personally think we've been in a recession. These last inflationary numbers were better. You know, better doesn't mean good. So I think what will happen is I still think the Fed will raise rates again by 50 basis points at least. And then I think that will tip us further into a recession if I have my crystal ball.
0: And that's what a lot of people think. And she did talk about the politics of the word recession, you know, three consecutive months of, um, or quarters of, of a minus GDP is a recession. And we're there. I mean, technically we're there, but then we can't because the jobs are here. and So that is the technicality of recession, but how people are still paying enormously high prices. I talked about a friend of mine that reached out to me this morning that is a rancher. They are farmers and ranchers. They are They have thousands of acres of farmland. They have thousands of head of cattle and they rely on diesel for all of their equipment and they are being limited on the amount of diesel they can buy. So not only are we going to see people in Pinal County, and I don't know that he's in Pinal County, but in Pinal County, the agriculture industry is taking a big hit when it comes to water consumption starting in January because of the drought conditions and the agreement with the other states in the, in the um, Central Arizona project. We are going to see a dramatic reduction in our agricultural water that's allotted, and now there is a restriction on diesel fuel. So that industry is suffering and hurting immensely, which means there's going to be less food produced, and it's going to cost more to produce, which means – Costs are going to stay remarkably high. That is the direction that we are heading, and I wish there was a way we could head it off. That's the conversations we should be having is what can we do. In a moment, we are going to talk about Ron DeSantis and Donald Trump, but we also have to talk about Matt Salmon, who is a former gubernatorial candidate, and Carrie Lake, gubernatorial candidate for the Republican Party, and a statement video she put out today. All that's
1: coming up next. Strong values
0: and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 923 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, Pink is headed to Chase Field for her summer carnival tour featuring Brandley Carlio and a group and the group Love on October 9th. Tickets go on sale Monday, but you could win a pair of tickets by going to the contest page at KTAR.com. All right, it was an interesting day. We had a great conversation this morning. At um, 835, we talked to Matt Salmon. Now, you may know Matt Salmon as a former congressman. He was in the Arizona State Legislature for years. He's been a PC or a precinct committeeman within the Republican Party for uh, decades. And he also at one time was the chairman of the Arizona Republican Party. And so he's got a wealth of knowledge about that job and about the direction of the Republican Party. And I understand that not everybody that listens to this show is a Republican, but we all have opinions and this all plays in. We had Karen Taylor Robeson, former gubernatorial candidate, and it's fair to say that both Matt Salmon and Karen Taylor Robeson lost to Carrie Lake in that primary process. Carrie Lake became the nominee. But the uh, the what looks what should have been in the minds of most people that are politically inclined, a red wave based on history and based on the president's poll numbers and based on the state of the economy, that this should have been a lot easier for Republicans to take the majority in the House and get the majority in the Senate and do much better in statewide races here in the state of Arizona. So what has happened is there have been a lot of longtime Republicans that have come out and said, including if you listen to Gatos and Chad yesterday, former Governor Jan Brewer saying that leadership in the Republican Party in Arizona, Dr. Kelly Ward is the chairwoman, needs to go, that she has been a disaster. Not my words, their words. Karen Taylor Robeson called for her to resign. Matt Salmon this morning. I talked with him about this and asked him what his thoughts were.
2: I think that we're going to have far better options that are on the table right now. I've been talking to a lot of people over the last few days, uh, trying to figure out where we go from here, but the party's at rock bottom right now. I mean, I've never seen it in a lowlier place, and it's it's fixable. And I think it's not going to be easy, Mike, because it's taken a long time to get into this sad state of affairs, but you know, when you look at That's how things turned out in the last election. It couldn't be worse.
0: So um, that was his opinion about the state of the, of the political party. But this morning, we had not heard much. There was a tweet that went out after the, the race was called for Katie Hobbs. Now, it has not been certified, but the votes that went out there um, that was called for Katie Hobbs. Katie Hobbs gave a victory speech at a rally, rally the other day. There was just a single tweet from Carrie Lake that said, Arizona knows BS when they see it. And we hadn't heard much else from, from, the, former, from the candidate. Today, she put out a video talking about the concerns that they had and saying that they are fighting this. She talked about the concerns they had with voting machines.
1: When we called for Katie Hobbs to recuse herself over a year ago, they ridiculed us. It turns out we were right. The fox was guarding the hen house, and because of that, voters have been disenfranchised. When we raised concerns, and I filed a lawsuit months ago to get rid of the electronic voting machines, they said we were crazy. Well, it turns out we were right.
0: Well, and that's the issue here is when you say the fox is guarding the hen house, it is – and I'm not putting words in her mouth, but it sounds like you're accusing people of cheating. There is no doubt mistakes were made in Maricopa County. There is no doubt that they had issues with printers at multiple locations. There is no doubt that it delayed voting for a lot of people. But we don't know to what extent it damaged people and hurt people and disenfranchised voters. But the idea – and this is the this is my conversation and pushback on this. And by the way, I have reached out to Carrie Lake to see if we can get her on the show to talk about this. I've not gotten a response yet, but just to let you know, I am reaching out to the candidate. I would love to have a conversation with Carrie herself. And for full disclosure, I have mentioned many times that I am friends with Carrie Lake, that I've known her for five or six years and we've gotten together and and talked politics and talked about things. And uh, so I'm not hiding anything about being friends with Carrie Lake, but I also have to give my honest opinions about what's happening and what's going on that the the machines were broken for everyone republican voters and democrat voters it also was one of the most passionate days for republicans across the state of arizona it was a huge number of people that showed up and there's no way that you can tell me that as passionate as these elections were that there were people in huge numbers we're talking about Right now, I think a 17,000 vote difference that there were more than 17,000 people that were disenfranchised and it cost an election. I I, I don't believe that to be true, but again, it's possible. So if there is proof of this, if there is proof out there that – Voter suppression happened and it cost a candidate the election. My eyes are wide open for proof, but we can't go back and do what we did with 2020 with years and years and years of speculation and saying what the naked eye sees. The naked eye, people would say the naked eye says in in Arizona, we watched the Trump trains and we watched all of these rallies that were raucous and attended by tens of thousands of people and overflowing crowds. There's no way that Donald Trump lost to Joe Biden. That is what the naked eye tells you. But it's what you can prove. It's not what you know. And if you don't have proof, we have got to move on. That's all of us. We all have to move on. And that's where I look at this and I think, are we headed toward a, a such a division in Arizona that we can't put it back together? And it's not just within the Republican Party. It's voters in general. We all want to believe We all need to believe and know that our elections are fair, that our elections are honest. When mistakes happen, they have to be called out. They have to be fixed. They have to be rectified. There's no doubt about it. But there's a difference between a mistake and an intentional act. There is a big mistake. So when I uh, talked with Matt Salmon about this, uh, Matt Salmon lost. Uh, Matt Salmon was a candidate for governor. He lost to Janet Napolitano, Governor Napolitano, for her first term in office, and he lost by less than ten thousand votes. And then when I t- uh, talked with Matt Salmon about this today, here was his response:
2: I haven't seen it personally, but I've heard about it. And I heard that she says she's assembling the you know the greatest legal minds, yada yada yada. But the fact is, Mike, you know what? I in 2002, when I lost to Janet Napolitano Channel by less than 10,000 votes, I think mean, Kerry lost by 18,000 votes. When I lost by less than 10,000 votes, there were anecdotes uh, about uh, voter fraud and voter irregularities that I heard. Uh, and, and it took 10 days. It took longer at that time to actually determine the vote. Longer than it did between her and Katie Hobbs. And when they finally came out, man, I felt like I had an arrow to the heart, Mark. Mike, I, I, I fought my heart out to win that campaign. And we had heard anecdotal stories, especially on the Navajo Nation, about busloads of people coming over from the New Mexico side and voting on our side.
0: So this is where, you know, Matt Salmon is saying you, you know, what's good, what's the best for the state. Now, there are accusations and I don't know, listen, I don't know the accusations on either side of this that when the video was released, it was also linked up with a with a donation link to donate money for the legal fight. I, I don't know that there's anything wrong with that or anything that's negative about it. So I'm what I'm saying is we have got to be able to move on when it's time to move on. We have got to say we won or we lost. We've got the attorney general's race is less than 1,000 votes. It's less than 800 votes right now in the attorney general's race. A very, very close superintendent's race was just one for the Republican candidate and Tom Horn. So we have got to wait and see what happens. But the idea here that we're going to come out with accusations of cheating that's where we have to draw the line unless you have proof of cheating you can't go after someone's character just because in your mind it doesn't make any sense in a moment um i want to i'm going to expand on this i want to talk about the desantis element of this and let you hear more from what carrie lake and what matt salmon and what um karen taylor Robson had to say so we'll do that coming up here in just a moment And strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show, KTAR News, 923 FM, and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. If you haven't subscribed yet to the Mike Broomhead Show podcast, please do it. It's a simple way to listen to the show. You'll never miss a minute of the show and listen at your convenience. It's the Mike Broomhead Show podcast brought to you this week by my good friend Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. Get a higher price selling your home and guaranteed offers by going to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. Um,. We've been talking a lot about direction now. I understand it's closer to my heart than a lot of you because I have been a Republican voter for years and years and years. And I've also been involved in Republican politics. I was a PC at one time. I was either even for a short time a district secretary in the Republican Party in the old LD six years and years ago. And I learned a lot. And I learned that I didn't want to do it anymore. Um, I am a Republican voter. There has for a long time in my mind been a disconnect between the Republican Party leadership and Republican voters. The same thing happens in the Democratic Party, but we've been focused on the Republican Party. And now that what was expected to be a red wave and an easy time for Republicans to win is now looking at possibly a 3-3 split or a 4-2 victory for the Democrats. And um, that is not What they had hoped in the highest office in the state of Arizona being the governor's office right now is in the hands of of Katie Hobbs, that she's been declared the winner. She is the governor-elect. And uh, so there's a lot of talk about changes in the Republican Party statewide. But there also are things being said about nationwide. Former President Trump uh, threw his hat in the ring the other night saying he's running for president again. And now what's being said in one of these couple of these polls in a hypothetical poll, voters were asked if you had to choose who would you rather see as the Republican nominee for president in 2024, Governor Ron DeSantis or President Trump. According to the Economist slash YouGov poll, 51 percent of voters said they would rather see DeSantis in the White House compared to 33 percent who preferred Donald Trump. Additionally, the poll found Americans preferred DeSantis over President Trump by 74 percent with only 14 percent viewing the governor as unfavorable the reason why this is a big deal and it's two years away we don't know who's going to jump in we don't know who's going to win we don't know any of those details we are talking about a preliminary poll based on where we are right now it is a snapshot it is not the full movie and that's a fair thing to say that Ron DeSantis is leading and it shows that of many and their stories I have story after story. Billionaire donors are saying we are not going to support Trump. It's time to move on. Voters are saying it's time to move in a new direction. So is this going to be the renaissance of the Republican Party nationwide? Now, listen, I voted for Donald Trump twice. I bear no animosity toward him, which I know is much to the dismay of a lot of people that tell me how evil he is. I voted for him twice. I thought his policies were much better than what we were going to get from Hillary Clinton. And I know that they are much better than what we have gotten from Joe Biden in my mind and so with all of this happening um, I- the direction this country goes next in my mind needs to be a fresh voice. Donald Trump was a fresh voice. If you look at what's happened with the last two presidents we've had we had um, uh, someone that was fairly unknown in Barack Obama he had not been a longtime senator and then you had even less experience politically never running for a public office before in Donald Trump becoming the president people are craving instead of the same old same old people are craving a new vision and a new direction Barack Obama was elected president with a, with a message of hope and change. We are the change we've been waiting for is what he said. And he gave a message of hope and change. He was going against John McCain, who had all of the experience, who had um, all of the knowledge. I thought he was a phenomenal candidate. I worked on that, that campaign as well a little bit to a certain extent. And I, I volunteered for some events, I should say, for John McCain. But people were looking for a new direction. And now we look at what happened when when, uh, Donald Trump then beat the same thing on the opposite side with Hillary Clinton. All the years of experience, all the years of knowledge, the name ID within the party. uh, There were people calling her the most qualified presidential candidate ever, and yet we saw what the direction of the country it was. They wanted to go in a different direction, and they went with Donald Trump. So we've seen this happen back and forth. And so the Republican Party is looking at this and the Republican voters are looking at this and wondering about the baggage that comes along. Um, Here in the state of Arizona, the MAGA candidates easily won primaries. They beat, um, you know, they was a clean sweep. Every single Trump-endorsed statewide candidate won their nomination to be the nominee for the Republican Party. And now we are looking at a very difficult time for any of them to win. Kimberly Yee, And Tom Horn, the two winners that were clear winners in their races that are Republicans, are the only two that are not Trump-endorsed. So there's got to be – you have to look at that and say and ask, at least ask the question, is Arizona, like the rest of the country, looking for a new direction? It's a fair question, and it's one that needs to be wrestled with, and it needs to be wrestled with thoughtfully and not just passed over. Coming up just after 11 o'clock, um, we talked with Matt Salmon about, about um, all of these things. We're going to get to it next.